This episode of the Shooting Bricks Podcast is brought to you by Thrive Fantasy. Do you want to make some quick cash on sports betting but don't really know how? Well, come hashtag prop up on Thrive Fantasy this season. Thrive Fantasy is a daily fantasy sports app for player props. They have eliminated the need to do countless hours of research because they only ask you about the top tier athletes in a specific sport. For instance, if you're interested in the NFL on Thrive Fantasy, you choose 10 out of the 20 player prop positions to build your lineup. NFL not your thing? Not a problem. For the NBA, MLB, PGA, or esports, you choose 5 out of 10 player prop options to build your lineup. Each prop has a fantasy point total associated with the over or under based on its likelihood to happen. The more points a selection is worth, the riskier it is. Rack up the most points to win a share of the prize pool. If you're into the PGA, Thrive has new contests for each day of tournaments, so don't sweat it if your golfers ruin your weekend by not making the cut. Since launching in 2018, Thrive has awarded over $1.3 million in prizes. Ready to play? You can download Thrive Fantasy on the App Store or Play Store or by visiting their website at www.thrivefantasy.com. Don't forget to use our promo code SBPOD when you sign up today to receive an instant $20 bonus on your first deposit of $20 or more. Sign up and hashtag prop up today. back to this episode of the Shooting Bricks podcast. And, you know, all of us here, we love sports and that's what we're going to talk about. And sometimes sports tends to find their way into different things, but we'll get into that in a little bit. But first, as always, I'm Jared Castillo and I'm joined by... I am uh, his acquaintance from USC, uh, Mr. Danny Huynh. And uh, with us as always... It's your boy, Relly Rail, Jarrell Sells, and we have a guest on today's show. Oh, I'm Sam Bakta. I went to high school with Jared. Yeah, and speaking of which, Sud and I have a bit of a, a history together. One of the one of the things that I remember and I feel kind of stupid thinking about it now was that I said then Cardinals pitcher Shelby Miller was better than Clayton Kershaw, and that is something I will always remember because I stood by my guy. And then he got traded to Atlanta, but then that's neither here nor there, while Kershaw is one of the best pitchers of all time. So any uh, anything to say about that six years later? I don't have to say anything. It's ridiculous yeah. in its own right. Yeah. Well, thank you for, for not digging a deeper hole for me. I really appreciate that. It's okay. Um, you guys you guys got his good years. Yeah. Yeah. Right? 13 yeah. and 14? Yeah. And then he became a bust. I mean, I wouldn't say that. I mean, yeah, but like injuries <laughs> and stuff. I also always remember that that one hitter he threw in Colorado, lead mm-hmm. off single, and then retired twenty seven straight guys as yes. a rookie. Nice. I remember that. I remember that. Nice, but you know, but, I mean, Jared, sorry to interrupt, but like, like, you know, at the end of the day, Kershaw is a Hall of Famer, but he has that Hall of Fame career like no one really wants. Like, <laughs> <laughs> uh, sure. I mean, <laughs> Why wouldn't you want a Hall of Fame career? Three Cy Youngs and an MVP. Like yeah. players yeah, but you care keep, about you the keep, accolades more. But yeah. you keep choking in the playoffs. You have you still have no World Series in your on your record, and your career is you know let's be honest, it's heading over his prime, and you know he's only getting older, so time's ticking, and he, like you still have this reputation around you. Well, Maybe most, this year. Yeah, most players will tell you though, like they'd rather 
have three Cy Youngs, an MVP, five ERA titles, and the lowest starting ERA for a starting pitcher than like a ring or two and not have and not be considered like on his elite status. So like, yeah. most guys would take the career over the rings and the right. money. So <laughs> can't forget the money. But yeah, I mean just And he's having a resurgence this year, I'm calling it. He's looked good his first four starts. Save for the second one. Damn. Question. Would you rather have an Allen Iverson career? Because I got to just relate it to basketball or a Robert Horry career. That's a tough Pro- question, Trail. I'm going to be honest. Probably with you. AI. Yeah. I'll take the Ori. I'll take Ori. Ooh. Bit of a. I'll take the, I'll take the, con- like, you know, the constant rings. And, you know, at the end of the day, like, money's not everything, man. Like, Robert Ori lives a comfortable life. And he's got, you know, the rings to, yeah. you know, at least he got to like, be at the center point of that. Like, AI never got the confetti. But AI is like did. a near icon. I would, yeah. like, people remember AI. That's the thing. Like everyone no, knows AI. Nobody remembers so, the Robert Ori shoes or whatever, right? Everyone knows the Reebok questions or the answer. But everybody remembers the Robert Ori shot. And yeah, I've heard Robert I've heard a lot of Robert Ori references yeah. in my uh, uh That's music true. I listen to. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. But I would rather be the best player personally I could be as in that's just my that's how I view it. Yeah. I mean I, like, I would rather way. Yeah. But yeah, so just uh, tell them a little bit about yourself sooner so that our fans and our listeners can listen in on the other side. Oh, um, so I went to school in San Diego for college and then stayed there for a year after graduating, came back to LA, and now I'm working at Fox Sports. Ooh. And I, I, yeah, I did a, I was a business major, but I got into sports blogging like halfway through college. So I did that for about three years. And then last summer, I started my own blog. But bef- mm-hmm. And then before I got busy with like starting at Fox Sports, I was putting on content on that. But yeah. Yeah. Well, hate to do this to you, but something we forgot to talk about last week was, and just to preface this, these next few minutes are going to be police focused and police oriented. So yeah, just prepare yourself for that. But something we forgot to talk about last week was Masai Ujiri's encounter with the police officer after the Raptors' victory over the Warriors in 2019. I know you guys all seen it. You've guys, you guys have probably seen the video too. And that is just one of those things where, for me personally, as a minority, I feel, I feel bad for him because he he was trying to enjoy this moment with his team. He was trying to enjoy and take in the ultimate goal and accomplishing that goal of winning a championship. And then this police officer just aggressively shoves him away, even though he didn't necessarily do anything. And what baffles me is the Alameda County Sheriff's Department, I think, is still trying to push this narrative that Masai was the aggressor, which I don't necessarily understand. And just the entire situation is just, I don't understand that. What do you guys think? Uh, personally, I don't like anyone that abuses their power. I like, as, me especially, like, I'm, you know, who's kind of had a very mixed history with authority in the past. I mean, I've, I've been known to keep my lips tight, but yeah, I've never really liked authority and especially people, folks who, who abuse it. So, I mean, police culture is something that infuriates me. Um, I just don't want, I just, let's be, I'm going to be frank. I hate modern day police culture. And, you know, it's obvious from the, especially from the recent events going on that, you know, police in America needs, you know, 
drastic reform and needs to be rebuilt from the ground up because this is becoming unacceptable. And you know, you know, like it makes me hate those people even more. You know, I can't really speak for other people because you know I'm lucky in a sense, but that's a different conversation. I don't, you know, sometimes I doubt whether a good cop even exists. So that's how I feel about it. It's a lot to take in. And it's kind of crazy to think that it's getting highlighted a year later after it happened. Like it's now surfacing, like it's getting more head wave, whatever the case may be. But it's just crazy to think that it seems like the authority that Daniel was talking about can do whatever the hell they want to do. And there's no repercussions. Like it, it, it gives me a sense because as, as uh, we're going to discuss more stuff, but as a black man in this country, it gives me a sense like, what the f- am I to do? Like, I can live the best life possible. I can be the, gen- the manager of a team. I can go to grad school. I could do this. I could do that. But I'm still going to be seen as less superior. I'm still going to be seen as somebody that you have to exhort your power on. I can be a gang member. I could be a thug. I could be a basketball player. I could be whatever I want to be within society. And regardless of what the f- I'm doing with the f- that I am, I'm seen as I'm I'm seen as less. I'm seen as less, and I'm treated as less. And that's like the ultimate like example right there, bro. Bro is what you would say is he's higher in society, right? He's reached a status that is above. Uh, I wouldn't say above, but he he's reached a status in society where he's kind of went up the ranks, right? And he still got treated like a regular person, like. Not, I wouldn't even say a regular person. Like, I don't even know how to explain it. It's just crazy. And it's crazy to keep hearing and trying to, and, and seeing this stuff. And, you know, you go on social media and you see all this wacky shit going on. And you try to avoid it as best as you possibly can. Well, I do because I know it puts me in a sense of, of not feeling up to par or, for lack of better terms, just feeling less than. But it's crazy. Yeah, I think this incident highlights a overarching issue with like law enforcement and institutions like this in the country where there's a lack of integrity. And for the longest time, we took the law enforcement at their word because we associated them with like, like safety and protection and stuff. But now we're realizing that there's so much corruption going on. And some people like, like this cop, for example, it reminded me of the, um, the incident in Central Park when the lady called the cops on the black guy, uh, what's his, for Birdwatcher? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And like she, and yeah, so like, it reminded me of that. Like, he, like he's, a, he's a white, he's both law enforcement and he's white. And he's accusing a black guy, regardless of the guy's stature of something. Most people are going to side with the cop who's white, like the white cop over the black civilian. And also, I think it also, in another way, it shows that the uh, maybe subconscious or conscious bias that like, oh, like uh, as Jarrell pointed out, like Masai Ujiri has reached a certain status level where you wouldn't think stuff like that would happen. But maybe that's just like the subconscious thought into the cop's mind that, oh, he's he's darker skin. He, his chances are like he doesn't associate that kind of success with darker skin tone. He probably thinks mm-hmm. only white people can be general managers or team presidents and in the front office and stuff. Yeah, and they yeah. they should have known who he was. You feel what I'm saying? Like, yeah, exactly. How the f- you don't know who the <laughs> you know what I'm yeah, saying? Bro, yeah. Come on now. And it's, it's your job. Just, it's your job as a security guard. To yeah, know. yeah. And it's interesting too. Sorry to cut you off, but Masai yeah. Ujiri was taking out his pass to signify who he was because at the time he had it off. He was taking it out of his coat pocket, and the guy had already shoved him a few times at that point. 
And it's one thing to say, oh, you know, he wasn't taking it out. We we're doing our job, right? That's the, that's the thing that they said. But then when you see the video, he's trying to take it out, but the, but the police officer pushed him so he couldn't take it out. And then as Masai keeps trying to take it out, the guy keeps, you know, being aggressive. And so at that point, it's completely baffling to me why we hold police officers to such high regard when they don't even hold people, regular people, even those distinguished as distinguished as Masai Ujiri in the same light. It's so weird. I don't know. I just, I, I feel like I need to get this outer, like this incidents like these, like, you know, they, they highlight how much, how low I trust, you know, police officers. And, you know, throughout my whole life, as I've gotten older, like I, I admit something, I admit this thinking for lack of a better term is extreme, but every time I see a cop, you know, I admit, I think like, I have doubts if you're even a decent person. When, when I ever, I mean, I know there are decent cops out there, but like subconsciously when I see a, a, a man or woman in, in blue uniform, like I have doubts of their person's character. And like, I immediately get suspicious of those who will associate with, with cops. This is, that's how low, like I, I trust the police today. I mean, and I know. L- let me just jump in there. That's not to say that all police officers are bad. We know that there are some good. Absolutely. There are some good. But there are just some police officers that, like you said, Daniel, kind of ruined the trust of the, the general public, general population. And f- for example, with this talk of trust, I don't know if you guys have seen the video of the Jacob Blake shooting. I personally have not because it gives. I can't it puts watch me, it. Yeah, it I puts can't. me in a weird headspace if I watch it, and just the entire situation around it is so mind-bogglingly I can't even find the word for it because it's so abhorrent there's a lot to go over here so I'm going to try and be as brief as possible but multiple teams have boycotted their respective sports because of the Jacob Blake shooting Um, Doc Rivers spoke out about it saying quote we keep loving this country and this country does not love us back and according to Woj and the NBA, the owners, and the front offices of the respective teams in the playoffs didn't expect the boycotts. Um, a veteran player told Chris Haynes, or Chris Mannix, excuse me, of Sports Illustrated that the season is in jeopardy, while Chris Haynes reports that the NBA Players Association Executive Committee held discussions with players just to talk about this entire situation because they aren't in the right frame of mind to play basketball. They're emotionally traumatized quote-unquote that's his quote and the bucks were actually on a call with wisconsin attorney general josh call and lieutenant governor mandela barnes per Woj to speak about this entire situation and you're seeing it all over the sports realm Uh, the giants dodgers mariners padres cincinnati and milwaukee have all chosen not to play jack flaherty and dexter fowler are sitting out for the st louis cardinals and a lot of NBA stars have spoken out about how messed up this entire situation is. And they're praising the Bucks for standing up and boycotting their game. And also the WNBA has postponed their games until further notice. So that is the right step. And I think it was Sean Doolittle who said that sports are a reward for a functioning society. And that is something I agree with wholeheartedly, 
because we don't deserve sports. By all accounts, we don't deserve, as the general population, we don't deserve sports. It's evident. But the fact that this is happening, that just shows how much more, you know, the athletes care for us as people, but we just need to show them that same thing and essentially try and get behind them in this message of unity because this is a horrible situation. And they're bringing to light issues that we wouldn't necessarily pay attention to. So any thoughts? Um, yeah, I have thoughts. Uh, just to Go piggyback off the video, uh, I like to share this because like whenever I have like small talk and people ask me like, what type of genre of movies you like? Like, do you like scary movies? And I answer the question like scary movies. Nah, I don't like it's, it's whatever. It's not realistic to me. What scares me is those realistic movies like Detroit, like Fruitville Station. If you guys seen that, where we see the countless killings of, of, of African-Americans, black males, that scares the out of me because it's 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 not fantasy it's reality that that's what's going on and it hasn't stopped it's just been highlighted it's just been focused on we have more of a zoom uh focus on what's going on so no i i couldn't watch the video yet i'm on social media every platform you could possibly think of and it pops up and i i did see it but watching it put my mood down i was feeling very productive today i watched that video and it just it really it makes me think about my future because now i get nervous i get scared like what what am i to do next and i have a younger brother and he he's on social media now he's 12 years old and he's over here asking me questions asking my mom questions like why why is this why is that and it's kind of tough to kind of try to explain that to a 12 year old that's just learning that he's going through puberty like you know what i'm saying so it's it's really tough and i read something on twitter that said okay you guys are looking at the nba players because we're going to give credit to the nba players and the organizations individually i'm not giving it to the nba as whole because like it said like they didn't know that this was going to happen they were going to boycott right but then them boycotting and sitting out is losing money from those white folks i'm not trying to like count like call out ethnicities but that's that's forcing their hand to do something because it silence isn't gonna help like we we've been talking we've been protesting we've been boycotting we've been doing this we've been doing that but it's those silent silent partners silent people that's in our circle that's that's connected with us that isn't saying anything isn't forcing uh the governor's hand forcing the uh attorney whatever the case may be and it's it's we demand justice yes but we demand that not happening in the first place on top of that that justice needs to happen and, and and it's it's very crazy to think that i could sit here and not do anything wrong and die i could go out and jog and get shot right but we have police officers killing people that aren't that, that aren't armed <laughs> and nothing is happening to them they're getting a slap slap on the wrist like i hate that saying because and you you know who it's used for it when is it used for when a police officer does some stupid it's tough. It's really tough. It is really tough to sit here and and just and it, it makes it worse that we're in a pandemic. It makes it worse that we're we're not as we can't do certain things because I'm not the type of person to um I like to do stuff. So me just sitting here thinking, thinking about my future and thinking about the shit that's going on and being able to relate to it. And I just want to share this story, too, because I have the platform. Let's let's go back to uh, the George Floyd killing. Um, and when everybody was protesting and, and out and doing this and doing that and doing all of this and that, I was talking to somebody because I like to take my mind off of things. Let me have a, a average conversation. Somebody that wasn't black. She was, uh, I'm not even going to say her ethnicity, but she questioned me and how I was handling the situation as a black man. Uh, why are you not out there protesting? 
because me personally, there's so much anxiety that I face <laughs> just thinking about that. And I la I'm laughing not to just to release some some of the tension and emotion that comes in it. But there's so much anxiety. Like, I'm not saying that don't question how people deal with certain things because you're you know if you're not living in our skin you know what i'm saying it i understand you don't have to be black to feel some type of way about this situation but please don't try to pressure or ask how how somebody that is black is dealing with certain situations we all deal with it different ways so i just wanted to just to state that out there because i know social media can be a hazard to your health when people are stating certain stuff and making you feel like as if you're not doing something you do stuff in your own way to make this a better make better of the situation and that's all we can do because we're living in a country where you don't do shit and you might die as a black person which is crazy to think about Jarrell thank you for sharing that is yeah. you know this I mean this whole past year has kind of is I mean I've always known I've been I'm privileged um, you know compared to some other folks out there I mean, I don't know. I don't know what to really say. I mean, with this happening, like, I've come to a realization that, you know, there's much more important things than just sports and that, you know, you know, life life can be serious sometimes. It's just a crazy situation, or you know, where our country is in. I've never seen our country this messy before. I just think there's obviously going to have to be a mass movement out there, you know, to, to get police reform, like, through. It's just, like, I'm just going to say this right now. It's going to be a very hard process. Just, you know, using, you know, using my political knowledge, I mean, it's obvious that, you know, the party in charge doesn't give a fuck. And, but the thing is, people need to realize whether the administration changes in November or not, people need to know that, the, that you know, that the other party is also hijacked by corporations and that they don't give a fuck either. So, like, whether whether the administrations change in November or not, people need to hold the person in the office, you know, put a fire under their ass because that's the only way that change is going to really happen. I mean, it's just, I, it's hard for me to talk about. It's it it's it's a com it's all complex. I just think about like the past, you know. Um, I'm watching this show called Snowfall, right? And it's about crack cocaine, right? And it's about a black man uh, trying to make himself a living, right? Selling crack cocaine. And we all know the things of how an African-American could go to jail for the different substance of how, you, how you're selling, how you're smoking or whatever, your possession of it, right? And you see how quickly it just changes to, to, to control a certain population, control the minorities. And it's not, I'm just speaking from my experience. I know as minorities, we've all faced some and I feel for them. I, I, I want to be an ally and I hope that my minorities are allies to us as well. But this, shit, <laughs> this police brutality, this is crack cocaine. It needs to happen. And it's pissing me the off that they're not getting any repercussions. Some other just, just doing it and they know they go get away with it. Like it has to happen now. Justice has to happen happen now. Demanding it not only from our athletes, from our celebrities, but within the offices. I don't care if you're about to get fired. You better demand justice. You better start. It, it has to happen. And, and I know it sucks. I know it sucks. But those sacrifices needs to happen. Like they need to be punished. Minorities get punished for the littlest inconvenience. Get your three strikes and put you in jail for the rest of your life. So why the f is police officer? 
it's 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 baffling. It's really it's it's really crazy. And 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 uh, Rihanna Taylor's murderers are still out there. It's crazy. It's really crazy because they're not getting any repercussions for us. We teach even our elementary school kids. We teach our four year olds, three year olds that if you do something, oh, you got to You got to get put on timeout, or we're taking your video game away. What the. F I'm gonna put you on vacation. Go on vacation. We still gonna pay you. That's your punishment. What the f is that? You got your three strikes. You just killed an unarmed uh, black man, black woman, sleeping. And like, what? Like, any other job. <laughs> Hear me out. Any other job. If I do some stupid ass, shit, I'm gonna get something's gonna happen to me. Something. It, it doesn't matter. I, it might. It might be the okay. It, different ethnicities. It might be another repercussion. But even for my white folks, when y'all at y'all job and y'all do some stupid, y'all gonna get in trouble. It might not be as extreme versus somebody else, but it's gonna happen. So why are we not holding the police officers to the same accountability? What the? F Especially when y'all getting paid uh, all of this amount of money. I know you're putting your life on danger. Uh, yeah, in danger. Yeah. Okay. Cool. But you gotta get repercussions for doing like this. Y'all get they. They get rewarded for doing uh, 15 years of uh, awesome work, awesome job. But as soon as they do something bad, huh, this is crazy, bro. This is really crazy. Yeah. And to go off of that, I feel like there is – it just doesn't make a ton of sense, right? Because if it were anyone else, they would be reprimanded within a second. But for whatever reason, it just takes, you know, one small thing, and then all of a sudden minorities are, you know, handcuffed or – God forbid they get shot. And it's that disconnect, that dichotomy between what happens and the response to what happened, that should be changed. And we were actually having this discussion, uh, my parents and I, about how should the people change or is this just like a systemic issue? And I came to the conclusion that it was a systemic issue because there are things, regardless of who you are, there are certain biases that you already have because of how things are portrayed and what you see on TV. And I know this isn't about sports, but it's very topical to sports because everyone, almost everyone in the sporting realm is talking about police brutality in some form, right? And you see the jerseys, the names on the jerseys, right? How many more? Like, that is, I, yeah, I... Um Jared, I kind of want to, like, one. I just want to say, I honestly, I mean, I agree a lot of the issue is systemic, but I also think it's cultural. Many of yeah. these people who, who enter these police departments have already had these ideas implanted. They have been implanted since birth, since, mm -hmm. you know, growing up, they've been, you know, their parents also had these ideas. And then when they come to, you know, they start their, you know, the process of becoming an officer, the system enhances their beliefs. And thus, these horrible, like, you know, awful, horrible incidents occur because of the system enhancing what they initially believed before. As much as that sucks, that is how, and the media too, right? Because it's been proven that the media tends to, to show minorities in particular, you know, African-American criminals more than they do white people. You, you absolutely right. It's dated back to uh, history's past. Uh, what's that racist like they used to post black people eating watermelon, you know, the cartoons back in the early 20th century. That it's just transferred over now. We look at all types of movie movies. I just gave you an example. Snowfall. We're seeing these communities as this. That's what we're seeing on TV. All of these television shows, all of these movies, uh, what we read in books, whatever the case may be. 
that's what we're seeing. I feel like it's a lack of being exposed to different people. Because I feel like every culture has those those prejudice. Nah, I want to say prejudice. Preconceived notions about people, right? And honestly, I can say, me personally, nah, I'm not saying racist, but just pre preconceived notions about certain different ethnicities that you grow up with. Like your family talks this and that. But it took me experiencing different people, different cultures that's outside of my culture to understand that, no, that is not correct. And I, I, call, I call family members out on it. Even, even if we're talking about... A, different races, different, um, different, um, sexual orientations, whatever the case may be. I'm, I'm a, I'm an ally. I'm a person. I'm a, I'm a people person, even though I don't like certain people, not because of their <laughs> ethnicity, but because of their personality, there is stuff, stuff they do, but just experiencing, uh, I'm related to TV shows. Cause I watch a lot of TV shows. Uh, uh, there's a TV show called the chai, right? And there's these African-American males within young, young, young kids, uh, sixth grade, middle school. And as they're growing up, all they're seeing is their own community, right? They're seeing this culture that's being built up, the streets, the drugs, the killing, yada, yada. And then they get blessed with the opportunity to go to high school. They still got that upbringing, but they're being experienced to different, different cultures, different students. And I know it may not be the same thing that they've experienced because I honestly think that minorities when they go into a system that is of higher status it's majority of white folks and it's like oh, i'm the only person in here and i know i'm i'm one of those people i in my classes at my workplace right now i'm the last black man standing i look at that stuff but i also look at my 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 friend my closest friend within the within my job he's the last asian man standing and we just have these conversations. We kind of just piggyback off each other. I know we just went off this topic of sports. But the good thing about this world is that we're different. We have different experiences, which also is within the sports world. We're seeing that it's more international, right? We are growing together. We're building a culture together, a culture that unifies us. And we're seeing that within these, these teams. Um, and that's what needs to be put in place within our system, a unified culture, right? Because we can see somebody that talks white, that dresses black, but it, it, that, that's not the thing. It's, it's a unified culture. And that's what America was supposed to fucking be, right? <laughs> we're the land of the free. Everybody comes over here and we're going to build an amazing culture. Jo Jared, you rock Jordans. I rock Jordans. Daniel, we play video games. We all do these, these things together. And that's what has to happen. This hate, I know this hate has to be combated with love. And we just, it has to be that awareness and it has to happen within the system. Yeah, I absolutely agree, man. You need to have some basis and basically they they just need to set a new foundation for things to to start up because the best things if you break things down, who knows, maybe better things will come out of it, right? Speaking of things coming out of it, according to Woj, a bunch of teams actually got together in a hotel ballroom at Disney and the discussion centered around whether or not the the season should continue. And so far, there seems to be momentum to not play the three playoff games tomorrow, which is Thursday. Uh, but nothing's been said yet, according to Woj. So what do you guys think? Do you guys think that they should play tomorrow's games and maybe Friday's games or even the weekend's games? I, I would not be mad if they don't. Like I said, it puts it puts pressures on pressures on those that are silent about it. They're losing out money, so it's going to force them to uh, take a stand and do something because it's, it's getting outrageous. Like you said, it's a privilege to watch these sports, and now it feels like it's a privilege to live your life, which it should just be 
it, sh- it shouldn't be a privilege. You, you, sh- you should be able to live your life. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, obviously, I mean, my biggest passion in life is sports. Uh, I mean, sports is my language. I mean, if, if a person like is a big fan of sports, I'm more likely to befriend that person, him or female. Um, but at the end of the day, I mean, they're at the end of the day, like I said before, sport, like, you know, there are more important things than sports. And at the end of the day, what you said is right, Jared. I mean, sports is a privilege. And honestly, in this country, as of this moment, we have been f***ing things, uh, things up. So I, we, we don't really, this country doesn't really deserve any sports at this, as of this moment. So while I do, you know, I, you know, obviously I am rooting for the NBA to come back. But at the same time, I want, you know, I want this issue to be fixed as well. So just like Daniel, like as a fan, selfishly, obviously I want them to play, but I've always held the belief that especially like black athletes in America have the best platform for that community. And I think this is what you, this is what I consider using that platform appropriately. So like you can't blame them. Like I support and respect whatever decision that they come to. So yeah, you and MLB because MLB released a statement saying that the league respects the players' decisions to sit out and quote remains united for change in our society. This is an incredibly tough topic to cover, and you know we all have a platform and we're doing our right to talk about it. And the more we let people know of what's going on and just keep pressing these issues to the front of their minds instead of letting it wander to the back, I think that's where all the change is going to happen and that's where it's going to start. Hey, this is Jared from the Shooting Bricks podcast. Make sure you stick around for the rest of this episode.